Welcome to a powerful message from the Lighthouse Chapel International, Bronx North Branch. Lighthouse Chapel International branches worldwide provide every member the training, support, and encouragement to fulfill the Great Commission and to go to heaven and hear Jesus say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. For you. Lord, we are grateful tonight to come before you to hear your word. We ask, O oh God, that you open the eyes of our understanding. Father, we ask, O oh God, that you will enlighten our eyes. We ask, O oh God, that you will give us the spirit of revelation. We ask, O oh God, that you draw our hearts closer and closer to you. Let your word come in and let it accomplish the purpose for which you send it. We are grateful and thankful tonight in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I avail myself as a vessel. I ask, O oh God, that you give me the tongue of a learned. Father, help me to speak a word in season, a word that will encourage someone. A word that will draw us closer to you. I am thankful and I am grateful that you have chosen me to stand before your congregation to minister your word. We give you praise and we give you honor and adoration in Jesus' name. Amen. Forever my days I will love. Hallelujah. Amen. Wonderful. Well, tonight we want to continue sharing from the book, The Art of Ministry, to continue with our feeding 527. Have you been reading the book? Have you been using it for your quiet time? It's a very powerful copy that you have in your hand right now. Can I see your copy? Wonderful. Powerful. Well, I want you to open your copy to chapter 8. How your value is determined. We've been sharing about how to increase your value. How to increase your value. This is a wonderful church. And we have a powerful book written by a wonderful father. An anointed man of God. He's filled with wisdom. And I say the anointing over his life is so abundant and is so overflowing that anyone who avails himself, anyone who comes under his umbrella, the anointing will fall upon you and you can do great things. Amen. It is because of the anointing upon his life that so many pastors are being born in the land. Hallelujah. You don't find many churches like that. You see, and by the grace of God, you will sit in a lighthouse church and you are blessed. Do you understand? Any lighthouse church that you will sit in, pastored by one of his sons, you will bless. Hallelujah. And it's the grace that is upon the church. And we should not belittle it. We should not take it for granted. 
Amen. We should see it as great grace that is upon the church. Hallelujah. Not many churches have it like that. So we've been sharing about how to increase your value. How to increase your value. And we've gone through some few points. I think we, this is our third week on this chapter. Is that correct? Yes. And um, why don't we quickly go over the points where what um, we have um, studied already. We said, number one, your value increases when you can be sent. When you can be sent, you increase your value. Amen. When you avail yourself to a place where you are sendable, when you, are, when, when you can be sent, you realize that all attention comes upon you. All resources come to you. Amen. Amen. You are worthy of expenditure. You are worthy to receive a plane ticket because you are sendable. And we say that you are sendable when you are someone who can maintain the message. If we are sending you with a message and you cannot keep the message, you can't deliver the message we are sending you with, then you are not sendable. Then it's not worth sending you. There are some people, when you send them, you regret sending them. Do you see? You regret sending them. So you increase your value when you can be sent. Number two... Your value increases when you can bring projects to a close. When you can bring projects to a close, you increase your value. Not everyone can begin a thing and end it. Some people start a thing and it looks so powerful and it looks like it has a lot of energy and drive and zeal. And soon you realize that they don't have any interest in it anymore. Amen. But when you are able to begin a project and you bring it to a close, when you are able to begin a project, when they ask you, where are you in the stage of the project? You say, it is done. You increase your value suddenly. And more work is given you. It is said that the reward of great work, the reward of hard work is more work. Do you understand? If you are a person who is a hard worker, you bring projects to a close, more projects are given you. It means that you maintain your job. It means that you continue to receive salary. Amen. You increase your value. Hallelujah. Number three, we said your value increases when you can accomplish tasks with speed. When you can accomplish tasks with speed, you have to do things with speed. Amen. Amen. When you begin something, quickly end it. Complete it. Now we say that delay a lot of times is expensive. When you delay in doing things, it costs you a lot. And sometimes delay causes cancellation. Hallelujah. Delay causes cancellation. When you, when you have, we find a beloved and you want to marry, you have to marry quickly. If you continue on for a long time and you are delaying it, it cancels the relationship. You, don't, you end up not getting married. Amen. So you find someone, you see, in this church, we discourage 
prolonged beloved dosing. There is a word like that. Beloved dosing. Three years you are beloved dosing. What do you want to know? Four years you are still beloved dosing. Close this project quickly. Amen. Because you see, if you continue on, you end up living like marriage couple. You get so used to yourselves, you realize your beloved is in the room and you are changing your clothes. Because you see, you, you have gotten so used to yourselves. I'm serious with what I'm talking about. And it causes cancellation because now there is nothing to look forward to. What is he expecting again? He has seen all that he is eager to see. He has tasted what he is eager to taste. He has touched what he is eager to touch. There is no, I said delay, it causes cancellation. Amen. It causes cancellation. Hallelujah. So if you begin something, you want to finish it quickly. And we said that delay also is not pleasant. It is not attractive. Amen. It is not attractive. Sometimes preparing food for someone to eat, the time that you put in, after you finish, it's not even, it's not, the appetite is gone. The appetite is gone. Amen. Hallelujah. Am I preaching to someone? Yeah. You know, sometimes, you know, we, we come to church and we all here very late. We are tired and, you know, we leave here very late and we go home. And all day we have not eaten anything. Do you see? And then we get home and then you realize there is nothing there. And then you realize by the time you just go up, change, something is done. And it's ready for you to eat. And it's hot. And it's, it's nice. And it's smelling nice. You know, your heart just goes out for a person like that. You increase your value. And then you look at a person and say, I will marry you again. You see? And then you say, I will keep you. But, you know, I had, a man of God was telling me, he says, we went to visit this person, and then we went out, we came home very late, and then as we came, he says, oh, oh, I can, I can take fish and defrost it right now. You know, it will not take long. I can defrost it and then bake it, and I can season it, and, you know, I can defrost it. It will not take long. You see, if you, if you want, I can do it. It's, it will not... If you are going to do it, don't come and discuss with me. You say, I can defrost the fish and cut some onions and cut some peppers, you know, and it, it will not even smell in the house. You, you know, you see, you are telling me that if you ask me to defrost fish, you are very unreasonable. Amen. But you see, some people, by the time you go up and down, fish is done. Everything is ready. You know, salads, leaves, chopped, everything is hot, pour on it, you are ready to eat. It's nice. It's attractive like that. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Listen, ladies, don't be laughing and making noise. I want you to learn from these things. Amen. That it increases your value. 
it makes you, it makes the person want to marry you more. You have value for marriage. The person wants to keep you. Amen. So speed is very important. Hallelujah. The next one, we said your value increases with your ability to solve diverse problems. Your ability to solve diverse problems. When you have that skill, when you are someone who can solve diverse problems, you can do different things. You are in the church and you can do different things. You, you, can, you are in the prayer ministry, you are in the choir, you are, you are an usher, you are in evangelism ministry, you play an instrument, you, you increase your value. And the same thing applies also to your job places. At your workplaces, if you are someone who can do a whole lot of things, you increase your value. They will rather keep you than to fire you and hire four or three people to do what you are doing. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? And we said also that when the Lord has blessed you with such skills, we read a story about Bezalel, how God blessed him with skill, that he's able to do all manner of work. When the Lord blesses you with such skill, understand that he has plans for that skill. When God blesses you, that you are able to do different things in the church, do not use that to antagonize the church. Don't use it and torment the church. That you know that without you, we are done for. Sometimes you intentionally come in late, so we feel your, your, your need and your importance. That when, when we come and we don't see you, hey, we are in trouble. You see, don't put yourself in that situation. You know, Bezalel, you see, the skill that God gave him, he didn't come even to tell him. He went to Moses. Do you understand? He went to Moses and said, I have placed my spirit in this person, and he can do A, B, C, D, E, and F. Do you understand? And he didn't know for him. All he knew was that, as for me, I can fix things. I can build things. I can arrange things. I'm able to, and people say that. You say, I'm good at this. You know, I am good at that. I can do this. I can do that. If you give this to me, I can do it. Not knowing that God gave him that skill for a purpose, for a plan. And one way that you can avoid being a torment or a torture to the church God said he gave him this skill and not gave, he didn't give the skill to many people, but he gave him this skill so that he can teach others. To free yourself from being a torture or torment the church, you need to teach others to do the things that you know, you know how to do. Teach more people. Let them know so that the church does not depend on you alone. Because God gave you those skills so that you will teach others. Amen. Amen. The next one, you increase, your value is greater if you are involved in building a foundation. If you are involved in building, if you form a part of any foundation, you increase your value. You increase your value. You see, because building a foundation is a very difficult thing. Building a foundation is the most difficult part of any Thing that you will build. 
It is the beginning. The beginning when people have no value for it. The beginning when you appear to be nobody. The beginning when you seem to not end up with anything. When people stick with you, when people still trust in you and they still remain with you, you come to cherish such people. You come to appreciate such people. And those people become very valuable to you. Jesus chose 12 people. We read a scripture. It says, in Luke chapter 22, verse 28, it says, You are those who have stood by me in my trials. And just as my father has granted me a kingdom, I grant you that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And you will sit on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Amen. Amen. You see, when Jesus was nobody, when no one will regard him, when he was looked as someone who comes from Nazareth, when he was looked at as a carpenter's son, when he was called the son of Mary, these 12 people stood by him. They supported him. And so they cannot be compared with anyone who came in the ministry later on when mighty works are being done. So people like Nathaniel, you realize they didn't write any book. He didn't write any book. You don't read any book from Bartholomew. You don't read any book from Philip. You don't read any book from them. But these people are very important people. You will find people like T.D. Jakes, Bishop Doug, and Benny Hinn doing wonderful miracles and writing powerful books, but they cannot be compared to any of these 12 because they were part of the foundation. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is why no pastor will ever rise up and feel, no matter what you come to do, no matter how big a church you will build, no matter how much you contribute to this Lighthouse Chapel International, you can never be compared to people like Bishop Saki and Bishop Eddie, who were there at the beginning. When there was no Lighthouse, they were there. Amen. When the pastor just, when someone just rose up and said, from today I'm a pastor and I'm your pastor, they are the ones who accepted him and said, you are indeed our pastor. You can't compare it with them. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? Wonderful. Well, today we want to continue. Did I give you another one? That was the last one we shared, right? Okay, so number six. Your value increases with your ability to keep secrets. Your value increases with your ability to keep secrets. What a shock. What a shock. It says, no king would like to have a babbler mouth by his side. No king. No leader would like to have a babbler mouth. Someone who babbles. Everything you are talking. Everything you say. No king would like to have something like that. Many confidential things go on in the king's palace. So keeping things private and confidential may be one of the most important things to do. Amen. 
Keeping things private and confidential may be one of the most important things to do. Hallelujah. It says, anyone who works in the office of leadership must learn the importance of privacy and secrecy. When you are working in the office of a leadership, you must learn how important it is to keep things private and to keep things secret. Very important. And someone who is able to do that, you increase your value. Hallelujah. It says, unfortunately, some people do not have the ability to work without talking about what they do. They talk about everything they do. Some people cannot keep their mouth shut. Amen. Everything they have to talk about it. You see, because so much goes on in the king's palace that sometimes it's not appropriate for every year. So much goes on in the leader's office that may not be appropriate for everyone to hear. Amen. Not everyone who hears certain things can understand why things are happening that way or they can handle it. Not everyone. And so, if you are going to bring out everything that is discussed in the king's palace or in the leader's office, you are going to discuss it with people, you realize you're going to cause a lot of confusion and a lot of misunderstanding. Because it's not everything that is appropriate for the ears of everyone. Hallelujah. And that is also true for every leadership office. Every leadership office will have things that are not conducive for the public. Things that are important as a leader to have and to do and to say, but not appropriate for the public ear. And every leader needs to do that to lead his people. Hallelujah. That is how leaders lead their people. There are certain things that they will discuss in chambers and there are certain things that they will bring to the public. It's not everything. So if you are working in a leader's office, if you are riding in a leader's car, if you are in a leader's home and you are in a king's palace, it's not everything you hear that you have to bring out. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. There are certain decisions that are kept among the leadership. We take this decision. It's good. You see, it's not a bad decision. It's good and the end result is what is even important. But the process may not be appropriate for the public. But it's to their good. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, if you, you are in the leader's office and you hear that they are planning to increase tax and social security deductions and things like that, and you run out and you tell them, you will cause a lot of commotion. But least will you know that it is to the benefit of the people that when they reach retirement age, they will not have a need. They will not suffer. But you see, they have plans for that. But you just heard the process and then you are taking it out. It is not helpful. Hallelujah. Amen. You, it is not have, you cannot work in any leadership office if you cannot keep secrets. Amen. You can't work in a leadership office. Listen very carefully. 
You cannot work in a leadership office if you cannot keep secrets. Now, your inability to keep secrets makes you not able to work in a leadership office. Now, not working in a leadership office means that your value is decreased. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It means your value is decreased. Amen. He says working with banks, for instance, requires lots of secrecy because you deal with people's private wealth. You don't work with a bank and then you go about telling people how much this person has. You come and then you say, you work in Chase Manhattan, so you have access to people's accounts. And then you're looking at people's accounts and say, oh, this guy, I don't mind him. He's walking around here, up and down, dressing and wearing all these things. He has nothing in his account. You see? And then you are telling people. And then sometimes you print his balance. You print, and then you see, you are showing people. You say, don't mind him. He's talking... Look at how much he has. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. Amen. You cannot do something like that. Hallelujah. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You are driving with a pastor and you hear that the pastor is having a conversation with his wife and he's, um, he's having some disagreement with his wife and you want to hear. <laughs> You want to hear, and then you run to town with it. Look, if you can keep secrets, if you cannot keep your mouth shut, if you are someone who is always probing, you want to know, you want to hear and take it, you can't work in leadership. You cannot work in leadership. It is a skill that is very important to increase your value now to a degree where you can work in a leadership position. So if you are like that, you need to stop. Because if you hear, for instance, the pastor is having a disagreement with his wife and they are talking on the phone and you were in the car, so you heard it, and then you, hey, today. <laughs> you can't believe what I heard. You know, there are some people, they always want to feel important. They always want you to feel that they know the information in the inner cycle. They always feel, you see, you don't need to, you, I tell you, that decreases your value. If you think that that increases your value, and it, it may look like it's increasing your value before the people, but you understand that the people are not the ones who will promote you. Where, where the promotion will come from, you decrease your value that way. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You decrease your value that way. Amen. Amen. You decrease your value. You can't keep secrets, you decrease your value. Hallelujah. Certain places upon employment, they ask you to sign a confidential something that you will keep secret. That you don't take the things that you hear from here. As the company is looking for someone to take upon some complex position, some complex task. They are looking to promote someone. And they gather at the round table and they are having discussions. And they say, who can handle this complex job? Now, you know, complex job means higher salary. 
If you can handle complex job, it means that they are about to increase your salary. That means that your ability to handle complex job has suddenly increased your value. So now they have to pay you a higher salary. So you, someone will throw names, the people are throwing and say, oh, for this complex job, I think Mary will be the perfect person. And someone say, yeah, Mary would have been the perfect candidate for this job. But her mouth, her mouth, her mouth, her mouth. Amen. So you see, you are the perfect person for the job. You have the perfect skill. And you deserve this high complex position, which comes with high salary. And you have such value, but your inability to keep secret, it just drops your value like this. It just drops your value. So they say, oh, you know, why don't we just give it to Martha? At least, Martha, he can keep her mouth, she can keep her mouth shut. At least, Martha can keep secrets. Now, do you see that Martha may not have the skill that you have? Martha may not have the ability that you have. Martha may not know what you know, but her ability to keep secret has suddenly increased her value. It has suddenly increased her value. And they will choose Martha over you any day. Amen. They will choose Martha over you. You are working in a doctor's office or you are working in a hospital, you need to be able to keep secrets. Amen. You need to be able to keep secrets. Sometimes you come across patients' information, medical records. Do you understand? And then you are shocked to find certain things. I mean, if you work in the neighborhood, you realize that people that you know will come to the hospital. Do you understand? They will come to the hospital. Now, if you hear that this person is trying to be love, those this person say, hey, you don't know what I know. You don't know what I know. Then you say, if a frog comes from under the water to come and tell you that there's crocodile in the water, believe him. You lose your job. Amen. You find somebody's information and you post it on Facebook. You lose your job. Amen. So your inability to keep secret makes you lose value. Amen. Your inability to keep secrets makes you do what? You lose value. A pastor's value to the people decreases if he's not able to keep secrets or handle things in privacy. Do you understand? So you realize a pastor who is a very wise counselor, you know, he has the word, he's full of wisdom, and he can counsel you, but because he cannot keep his mouth shut, he has lost value to the people. The people need his counseling, but they can't come to him because he's not able to keep secrets. He does not respect privacy. Amen. Now, every church member should also understand and know your pastor well. And understand your pastor's professionalism and his ability 
to keep private things that you also has to, you have to respect and honor. Do you understand? And let, not let people dictate to you who he is or what he is. That don't tell him because he will discuss it. Don't tell him because he will use it. Don't tell him and then lose that value that is upon the pastor. Because you don't know him for yourself. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? You see, a lot of times, some of you, you tell me things. And then when you ask my wife, you say, oh, Reverend didn't tell you. And he says, no. It is not me to tell. If you want her to know, you call her and you tell her. Do you understand? And so you are upset that she has not called you about this issue, that your beloved has left you, or you have had this issue, or you, because I told the pastor, and I'm assuming that his wife should know. No! We are very professional. Amen. Lighthouse Chapel International pastors are very professional. Very professional. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yes. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a home chatter discussion. You know, gather my family and I'm discussing your matter with them. No. Amen. So those of you who confine things in me and you expect that my wife should also know and call you and, you know, do certain things, please, don't expect that. And when someone is complaining and say, you know, let, um, uh, I told Reverend this, and three weeks now, his wife has not even called me to... Why should she call you? Did you tell her? Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. It's, not, um, it's not a family discussion. So you must learn to control your talking. Amen. You must learn to control your talking. Some of you, you cannot control your tongue. I heard a pastor saying that there's a reason why God gave two eyes for free. You can see. Two ears. You can hear. And gave you one tongue, which is also guarded by 32 soldiers. So that it doesn't come out rough, rough. That is why sometimes some of the things when you are talking, you are talking, you bite your tongue. The soldiers are telling you, enough, stop it. Those of you who like to talk a lot, you bite your tongues all the time. You just don't tell us. You don't say it. True or not true? Yes. Bite your tongue. You are eating, you can't even keep your mouth shut. And you are talking. Look, 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 here, look, look. Look, and you are keep talking, you bite your tongue. If you are a babbler, may you bite your tongue every time. <laughs> Amen. Some of you, as soon as you see the pastor talking with the couple, your assumption is, hey, hey, did you hear they're having problems in their marriage? Hey, hey, did you hear they haven't? And then you run to town with it. As soon as you see the pastor, true or not true? True. The moment you see the pastor talking with the couple, automatically they have problems. The pastor could be talking to them about the house that they are planning to buy, that is discussing with them, giving them guidance. The pastor can be talking to them about the school that they are planning to choose for their children. The, the pastor can be talking to them about scholarships that they don't know about. The pastor can be talking to them about anything. Yes. 
but some of you, you are just babbless. The moment, and you see, babbless, they never deliver good news. They will never come and tell you, oh, did you hear they are trying to buy a house and they are discussing with their past? No, 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 no. Hey, I hear there's a beast in the house. They are having a beast in the home. How do you know? Oh, I saw them with a pastor and it was not easy. It was like fire. Do you see? It's not a good thing. Amen. I said it's not a good thing. Hallelujah. Now, it's, it's, it's secrecy. Keeping things secret. Is it scriptural? Is it, is it a scriptural thing? Is it spiritual for us to keep secret? Is it in the Bible? Is it required that we can keep certain secrets? Let me read a scripture to you. In Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. And verse 30. If you can give me the New Living Translation, please. Is our projector working? It's not working. Wonderful. Who has the New Living Translation Bible? Who has it? Matthew chapter 24 and verse 30. Matthew chapter 24 and verse 30. It's okay, I'll read it from another version. So what happened to our projector? The computer is upgrading. What a shock. How you... Matthew chapter 24 and verse 30. The New Living Translation. Okay, let me read it from this wonderful Bible. From a wonderful person. We have it. I have it here. Thank you very much. I have my copy. You just open your copy. And let's read together. What did I say? Matthew chapter 24 and verse what? 30. Okay. It says, And then, at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the people of the earth. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Do you see? It says, with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet. And they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Do you see? Now go to verse 30, verse 36. Verse 36. It says, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Do you see? It's talking about the Son of Man, how he's going to manifest. He says, and then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens, and there will be deep mourning among all the people of the earth, and they will see the Son of Man who is coming, the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Now verse 36 says, however, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the son himself. Not even the son who is supposed to come. He himself, he doesn't know. 
it a secret? It's a secret that belongs to the Father. It says only the Father knows. Now, when there is something that you are the only one that knows, it's a secret. You are the only one that knows and you don't tell anyone. Don't you think people would have laughed? Wouldn't you love to know when the Son of Man is coming? And if you were the Son of Man, wouldn't you love to know when you are coming? But he says, even the Son does not know. He says, not even the angels in heaven, the angels who will come with him, they don't even know. Only the Father knows. So it is scriptural. When you are in a kingdom, when you are in a, the palace, when you are in a king's palace, there are certain things that are not meant for your ears. And so when you hear certain things, it's not meant for everyone to hear. Hallelujah. Another one in Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. Acts chapter 1. We're still updating. Okay, keep updating. Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. He says, so when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. Hallelujah. They are not for you to know. It's not everything that is for you to know. And then you will ask why. It's not for you to know. It's not for you to know. Amen. In your relationship with your beloved, it's not everything. If you continue to discuss every issue in that relationship with your best friend, and you, you have an issue, and then you bring it and you discuss it with your best friend. You have an issue, you come and you discuss it with your friend. You have an issue with your beloved, and you come and you discuss it with your friend. Your friend will end up marrying your beloved. I'm telling you. Why am I saying that? Why am I saying that? Because, you see, you come and tell your friend, you know, I don't like how when he's eating, you know, he opens his mouth. And then, you know, you see the food in his teeth and he opens his mouth like that. And then your friend was advised you, oh, hey, that's how he eats. Oh, oh, that's nasty. Man like that is nature. And then, you know, your friend happens to just be with your beloved and he says, you know, I like how you eat. You know, when, meanwhile, you have been complaining about this eating. Daddy open, he said, I like how you eat, you know, the way you chew your food, you know, it's, it's just so attractive. It makes me want to eat also. He said, you are complaining to your friend. I don't like how he makes comments about my hair all the time. He's talking about my hair. If one day I forget to, you know, I don't have time to do my, and then he's commenting on my, and then you come, you're complaining with your friend, talking, talking, talking. And then your friend. It's with her, and then your friends ask her, ah, your, 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 your beloved ask your friend, oh, how come today your hair is like that? You see, you see I like men who comment when the woman's hair is not done well. Do you see? She's getting the tips from you, and she's applying it, and it's to her favor. So the beloved looks at things and says, ah, this woman, 
all the things that the other one doesn't like, she likes them. But you see, you, women are very, very smart people. She doesn't like it, but she wants the beloved. Do you understand? Not that she likes men to comment on her bad hair. She doesn't like men who eat and open their mouth and you see the food in their teeth. Spinach in his teeth and every... And he says, I like when I see spinach. Spinach. Spinach in your teeth. When I see spinach in your teeth, it makes me want to eat salad all the time. You see, if I have a man who eats like that, I will make him nice salad all the time. <laughs> she doesn't even know how to make salad. She doesn't eat salad. And she never eats salad. And she will never make you salad. Do you understand? Yeah. So it's not everything. Learn to keep secrets. Learn to keep secrets. Amen. Learn to keep secrets. Hallelujah. Some of you women, you, you want to have a child. Your menses pass three days. You run to town. Hey, I'm pregnant. I am pregnant. I am pregnant. I am. And then you realize you are not pregnant. And then you are disappointed. Look, when Mary got pregnant, when Mary got pregnant, you see, because certain seeds, certain seeds, they are special seeds. When you take certain seeds, they are special seeds. And the moment you publicize that seed, the enemy comes to attack it. The enemy comes to attack it right there. In this early stage of formation, the enemy will attack it. So certain seeds, when you take certain seeds, you keep it secret. When Mary was conceived, he kept it secret. The Bible says he went to another spiritual woman who understands spiritual things. She didn't even need to tell that woman that she has conceived. Someone who understands the concept of conception by the Holy Ghost. Someone who understands, the Bible says that when Elizabeth saw Mary, the baby in Elizabeth's womb lived. But you, one week, you say, don't you see my nose has changed? Don't you see that my lips have changed? One week, the enemy will attack that seed right away. Amen. So learn to control your tongue and increase your value. Hallelujah. I said, learn to control your tongue and do what? Increase your value. Amen. The next one, your value increases when you are good company. Your value increases when you are good company. Amen. Mark chapter 3 and verse 14. It says, and he ordained 12 that they should be with him. He ordained 12 that they should be with him. That they should be with him. Every leader wants people to be with him. Amen. Amen. Now your value increases when you are a good company. When you are a good company, and quote unquote good, it's not, I'm not talking about when you are a good person. Do you understand? We're talking about when you are a good company. The Bible says Jesus ordained these 12, 12 disciples, simply so they would be with him. He chose them to be his company until he finishes his ministry. Amen. Amen. Sometimes a leader will choose certain people to be with him, 
And they, they are good company. They are good to be with. There are some people that they are not good to be around with. When you are with them, you feel tension. You are not relaxed. Amen. There are some people, when you are with them, you have to be too careful. You are not good company. Amen. The, the leader has chosen you to be with him, and you want to see how he chews food so that you will take it to town. And he, he's not free to be himself. Amen. Some people are not good company. Amen. He says, not everybody can work comfortably with the boss. To work directly with the boss requires varied skills. The commander requires people who can engage in interesting and meaningful conversation. Some people have just nothing to say, and therefore they are not good company. You have nothing to say. So what is the use of you being a company when you have nothing to say? You are not company. Then it is just as you are by yourself. Do you understand? It's just the same as you are by yourself without any company. If what is the use of you being a company and you don't have anything to say? You are not. And there are some people who are like that. You meet with them, you want to have PFI with them, you want to have fellowship with them. They will not say anything. It's like they haven't quite, they're waiting on the Lord. They're waiting for the Lord to speak to us. Amen. Have you seen people like that before? Quiet people can be intolerable for a wise leader as he has to constantly pry into their minds to find out what they are thinking. When you are a leader and you are, you see, you are never comfortable with quiet people. There are some people... When you are with them, they are so quiet, like this, looking at you. They are so quiet, looking at you. You don't know what is going on in their minds. They don't say anything. Are they planning a coup? Are they planning something? Are they trying to plan? We don't know what is going on in their minds. Amen. Some people are not good company. You can't be around them for long. You get bored with their presence. He says... The wisdom of the leader will cause him to search out hidden thoughts in case there are evolving plots against him. If there are plots against... Nehemiah chapter 1 and verse 11. You see, Nehemiah was the king's cup bearer and he was working in the palace of Shushan. And the Bible says, there came Hananiah to him and he brought news about the remnant of Jerusalem the people who were left after the captivity, and how the walls of Jerusalem were all broken down. Nehemiah was in a good place. He was in a king's palace. He was worthy to be in a king's palace. His countenance was looked upon as someone worthy to bear the king's cap. You can never bear the king's cap if you are some way. Do you understand? You can never be the person who hands the drink to the, cup, the, the, the leader if you are some way. So the Bible says in verse 11, I forgot that they don't have them. I'm waiting on them. You have to do these things before we come to church, please. It's not appropriate that we are, what do we call it, updating? 
Upgrading, please. Upgrade before we come. Don't let this happen again. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 11, it says, When Nehemiah heard the news, he was praying. He was praying to the Lord. And in a part of his prayer, he says, Oh Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cup bearer. Now, chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of Artaxerxes, the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now, I had not been before time sad in his presence. Do you understand? Nehemiah was always pleasant before the king. He was always talking, laughing, you know, having conversation with the king. He says, I have never been sad in his presence before time. Wherefore, the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad? Why are you sad? Why are you looking so sad? Why are you so quiet today? Why are you not talking? Seeing that thou art not sick. I can see that you are not sick. You see, there are some people, they are quiet by nature. Do you see? Nehemiah was not like that. He was someone who was very lively in the king's palace. So the king immediately noticed that this gentleman is extremely quiet now. And he's not sick. He says, why are you so quiet? Why, are you, why is your countenance so sad? Seeing thou art not sick. This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very afraid. He says, I was so afraid. Nehemiah was now afraid. You see, when, you, when your countenance is that quiet before the leader, you become suspicious. And he was afraid. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So when you are with the leadership and you are quiet, they go for, listen, these things that I'm teaching you, they are to help you in the ministry and it's supposed to help you also at your workplaces. When they go for meetings, they are at a round table and you have the privilege to be a part of the meeting. Don't sit quietly and look at them. Don't sit quietly and always you come. You know, they will find no value for your presence and soon they will cut you off. They are going for, you see, sometimes, you know, we have these expensive restaurants and they are organizing these talks and then they invite you. And then you come, or you come, you just come and eat first course, second course, and then you eat dessert and you have nothing to say. No question, no contribution, nothing. Or you, next time they will invite you. Pay attention, listen, and ask some questions and contribute. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Or you don't understand? The empty look. Others only enjoy talking about light and frivolous matters which may not interest the leader. You have an opportunity to be with the leader. You are riding with a pastor. And all you are talking about is, ah, 
the, the, the jollof that they were sharing was really nice. You know? Rav, did you get some? And come on. The only thing, they didn't bring hot pepper. You see? And all the trip, this is your conversation. Frivolous matters, which the leader has no interest in. Talking about fish that was not fried properly and the food that looked, tasted like it was rotten or it was spoiled. And those are the matters that you are talking about. Amen. Frivolous matters. The food was nice. Oh, the breakfast was nice. The lunch was not nice. This was, that's all you are talking about. That is not helpful to the leader. He says, leadership is a very lonely job. Hallelujah. It's a very lonely job with few who understand the real issues and challenges at hand. Do you see? That is what I'm saying. You see, it's a very lonely job. You, you have this information, you have this, you know about it, but you can't share with anyone. Do you understand? So if you have an opportunity to be with a leader, contribute positively. Say wise things. Amen. Bring up great suggestions. Amen. He says it's a very lonely job. Who understand? He says, and few who understand the real issues and challenges at hand. Many people simply see the leader as a superman who knows everything and who is always right. Now, such an attitude will not go well with the leader who wants the input of those around him. He therefore needs people who think and analyze issues in a certain way. In a certain way. He wants to have people who now analyze things in a certain way also. Amen. The suspicious look. He says, a leader is someone who fights many battles. He does not need cabinet members who is cabinet member who is suspicious and opposed to all that he does. This only transfers the battle from outside to within. Why should you employ someone to oppose and resist you? There are some people, you call them to be part of the leadership and you want to do things with them and they are very suspicious of you. Do you understand? And they, you, you can see their continence. You see, that is why Nehemiah, at some point, he was afraid. He was afraid he was going to be fired. He was afraid that he could be killed. If you are in the presence of the king and your countenance is sad and you are bringing drink, wine to the king, you can put something in it. You can spit in a drink because you are angry. <laughs> you see, people go to restaurants and they mistreat the waitress and the waiters. And they are bringing your food, McDonald's. And then you are angry why they have, they have bypassed this person who came before, after you. And you are angry. And they finish, they make your burger. And then they toss it like this. And they toss it like this. And they clear their throat. And then they put on it and slam your beggar and then they bring it to you with a mustard, mixed with a mustard. And then you go and say, if I didn't speak, they wouldn't have served me. They have served you very well. Double mayonnaise. You say you, say you like more mayonnaise, you got more. He says, Philippians 2.20, he says, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. It is such a valuable thing to have 
people who are like-minded. People who think the same way you think. People who, as you are suggesting, they are ahead of you, giving you, and they're taking you even further. It's such a pleasure. You, you, these people increase their value. You want to be around such people. Amen. You want to be around such people. It says, King David had Hushai. You remember Hushai? Hushai was the, um, the, um, the, the, King David's friend who frustrated um, Ahitophel's counsel to Absalom. Do you remember him? Yeah. He was a great friend to David. And he says, uh, Solomon also had Zabad. Zabad was the son of Nathan, the priest. And he was a trusted advisor to the king. A trusted advisor. A trusted advisor. There are some people, when they are around you, you don't feel okay. They're very suspicious. You look at you see that their plans in their head, it's not good. There's no good plans in their head. They, hmm. They look at you, hmm, hmm. They, you can see that they are not, their heart's not with you. Their heart's not with you. They don't laugh. They don't say anything. It's like, let the meeting finish. Let us go. It's not a good thing. Amen. Amen. Creative look. Another important and valuable trait is the ability to meet the personal needs of the leader. It says, not everyone can work comfortably in the personal service of the king. Daniel and his friends had the ability to serve in the king's court. This too is an important skill. Amen. It is a great value when you are creative and you can meet the personal needs of your leader. The personal needs of your leader. Sometimes, you know, you need to know what your leader likes. It is important to know what your leader likes. Some people don't care to know what the leader likes. Do you understand? And when they are told, they get angry also. When they are told, they get angry. But if you, want to, if you want to increase your value, if you want you to be valuable to your leader, know what he likes. Some of you, you are at work and you go to make coffee for your boss or you go, even you go out and you buy coffee for your boss and you bring the coffee and you put the napkin on it, the tissue all soaked with coffee and then you bring it to your boss. Because you don't want that, as you were rushing, the coffee was bubbling, so you don't want it to. And then, so you have tissue, and then you put over the coffee, and then the, the whole tissue is soaked with coffee. And then you come, and then you give it to your boss with the tissue like that. It's not nice. Do you understand? Sometimes you bring the coffee cup, and the, the, the coffee is all over on the top, and... And then you say, the coffee is inside. What, what is your problem? The coffee is still inside. What is your problem? You see, you need to know your leader. You need to know that your leader is someone who cares about cleanliness. Your leader is someone who cares about neatness. Your leader is someone who is particular with things. Your leader is someone who is particular with even how you present things or how you serve him. It, it's just simple. Go and get me coffee. Treat it with it increases your value. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? It increases, know that your leader, for instance, doesn't like a lot of sugar or doesn't like a lot of milk or he likes his coffee sweet. He has sweet teeth. Do you understand? And that when you make him 
the sugar, I mean, you make him the coffee, bring extra sugar and say, here, more. <laughs> Amen. You increase your value like that. Am I preaching to somebody tonight? Are you learning something tonight? You increase your value like that when you know the things that your leader likes. Hallelujah. Let us read one scripture and then we'll go home. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3. Daniel chapter 1 and verse 3. Are you being blessed from this message? Daniel chapter 1 and verse 3. May I borrow your Bible? Daniel chapter 1 and verse 3. I want to read this from the New American Standard. Somebody is in Daniel chapter 1 and verse 3. What did I say? Daniel chapter 1 and verse 3 in the New American Standard Version. New American Standard Version. Hallelujah. Wonderful. It says, Then the king ordered Asvenas, the chief of his officials, to bring in some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family, and of the nobles, youth in whom was no defect. Do you see? You see, the king wants some perfection. He's looking for people to be in his palace to serve him. He says, they went in looking for some of the sons of Israel. Not all the sons of Israel. They, don't, they didn't just pick any. Some of the sons of Israel, including some of the royal family and of the nobles, Serving the king requires some nobility. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? If you have this kind of nobility around you, of the way you do things, the nobility, you increase your value. You increase your value. Don't do things haphazardly. It says, youth in whom was no defect, who were good looking. When you are serving, when you are working with your boss, have a good look. Amen. Have a good look. Don't always... It's not nice. Do you understand? It's not nice. You are a, you are a man. Don't have... You, wear, you wore a shirt that the neck is dirty. Three days, you are still wearing the same shirt. You see, it's disgusting. And when your, your boss has people around and you come, it's embarrassing. So you realize that next time, you are not the one that they will call to come when important people are around. You ate and your tie got soiled. Because it's an expensive tie, you still want to wear the same tie. Am I, am I preaching to someone? Yeah. Even the way you present, the things that you are wearing. You see, it's not everything that is appropriate to wear. Do you understand? You, you have some clothes that when you enter the room, they stop talking. It's not good. As soon as you enter the room, all the bosses that have gathered, they stop talking. And they are all looking at you. Their eyes are in a place where you know that it's not nice. It's not nice. Do you understand? You see, sometimes you may think that you are getting the attention. Oh, look at these bosses. They don't know what to do. They can't behave themselves. And you are happy. Do you see? But you are decreasing your value. 
I said, your value, you see, your co-workers may like it. They may make comments and they are talking about you and wow, and they're making certain comments. They are not the ones that will promote you. The place where your promotion will come, you are decreasing your value. Amen. He says they were good looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge. You know, sometimes, look, you may not have a lot of intelligence or wisdom, but let your talking be few. Do you see? You see, when you are not talking a lot, no one will know that you are not wise. Look, it's a very good secret I'm giving you. You see, you have to know the balance. First, we are saying that don't be too quiet. <laughs> it's not easy, eh? Now, we are also saying that don't talk too much. If you don't talk too much, you appear to be wise. You know, you just chip in. And you see, you are not the person that has taken over the conversation. There are some people, when they are in a group, they don't allow anyone to talk. No one can talk. You see, we have one hour for the meeting, and 45 minutes was your talking. That is not good. But you see, and everyone will know who you are. They will know that all the nice looking is not, there's nothing up there. Am I preaching to someone? You see, look, um, it's a great secret. When you, your talking is few, you appear very intelligent. You appear very wise. And people respect you. When you are too quiet and you don't talk, people are afraid of you. <laughs> you are dangerous. Amen. He said they are endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge. And who had ability for serving in the king's court. And he ordered him to teach them the literature and language of the Chaldeans. The king appointed for them a daily ration for the king's choice food and from the wine which he drank and appointed that they should be educated three years at the end of which they were to enter the king's personal service. Hallelujah. Look at that. To enter the king's personal service, they needed three years of education. Hallelujah. Increase your value by being creative. You like to wear certain things, but you realize this boss doesn't like this kind of thing. Increase your value by being creative. Now create something that is appropriate for the boss because he's the one that will promote you. Amen. Amen. Our time is up. Put your hands together for the Lord and we will continue next time we meet. Isn't it a powerful book? Very powerful book. Are you blessed tonight? Stand to your feet. Let's bring the service to a close. Stand to your feet. Oh, yes. Father, we are thankful and grateful tonight. We are thankful to you, Jesus, for such wisdom, for such an invitation. For such knowledge. Our values are increased. Oh, our values as Christians are increased. We are increasing our value in the ministry and in our carnal lives. Lord, increase us. Increase our value. Increase our value. Help us, oh God, to learn, to learn, to learn how to serve a leader, to learn how to be in the presence of a leader. 
Help us, oh God, to learn how to keep secrets. May we have the ability to control our tongue. The ability to control what we hear. It increases our values. It increases our values. May we learn to behave in a leadership office. Help us, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. We thank you. We are grateful tonight. We thank you for your wisdom. We thank you for imparting into our lives. We thank you for the transformation and the change. In the name of Jesus. Oh, let the ancient words Come with open hearts, oh let the ancient words in ancient words, oh yes, it is ever true, it has been true more than 2,000 years ago, and it's true today. It applies today in our ministry. It applies today at our workplaces. It applies today in our value. It's the ancient word of God. Yes. Come on. Ancient words ever true. It's changing me and changing you. We have come. With open arms, oh, let the ancient words impart. Father, we are thankful and grateful for your word tonight. We thank you, Lord, for leading us to such wisdom and guiding us, oh Lord, to such knowledge. We pray, oh Lord, that we will be a people who are capable of keeping secrets who are capable of respecting privacy. We will be a people who are capable of serving in a king's palace. People who are able to work in a leadership office. Lord, help us to tame our tongues. Help us to control our tongues. Help us to comport ourselves appropriately. Help us, oh God, to increase our value. We thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. With, With open hearts, oh, let the ancient words impart. If there's anyone here tonight, you are not born again, you have not given your life to Jesus, it is a wonderful opportunity to give your life to Christ. He says, There is more room at the cross. You are here tonight, you want to give your life to Christ. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want to invite the Savior into your life. With all eyes closed, every head bow, just lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. You say, I want to give my life to Jesus. If that is you, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. Is anyone here like that? Anyone here like that? The King of Kings is here to save. Anyone here like that? Why don't you all join me and let's say this together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. 
I am a sinner. I am not worthy to be counted one of your servants. Lord Jesus, please forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me from my sins. Lord Jesus, I invite you to come into my life tonight. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Savior, as my Master, and as my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. If you say this prayer, this simple prayer from your heart, and it's the first time you are saying it, or you feel you are very far from Christ, and you want to rededicate your life, and you, your, 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 you rededicate your life to Jesus, and you say this We hope you have been blessed immensely by this message. Join us at 1734 Williamsbridge Road in the Bronx on Sunday afternoons and Tuesday evenings. For copies of this and other messages, contact us via email at lci.bronx at gmail.com.